Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to AOK. Before we start the episode, we just want to remind you that everyone's sexual and romantic attraction works a bit differently. What you are about to hear are opinions based on personal experience, and any descriptions of romantic or sexual orientations featured in this episode are not representative of any group. Hello, friends, and welcome to AOK, the podcast about people on the aromantic and asexual spectrums. I'm your Arrow Ace host, Courtney Lang, and joining us today is Beth Ann Powers, a playwright, performer, and theater artist who is asexual and aromantic. Thanks for joining me. I'm super happy to be here. <laughs> uh, let's just start with some warm up questions. Cool. So, who was your favorite character, or who is your favorite character currently? From yeah. a show, it could be a movie, a book, a comic book. Mm-hmm. That's like a really hard question. There's a lot of them. I feel like it's like cliche, uh, kind of cliche to say like Todd from BoJack Horseman because he's like <laughs> the like the asexual character who's on TV. But also like my roommate likes to tell me that like I just like am him, so <laughs> which is not untrue. I also like have been watching a lot of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend lately, and like Daryl from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I feel like speaks to my soul. I've never so. seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I have seen BoJack Horseman. Yes. Um, and I feel like being called a Todd is a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I'd like to think I'm, like, at least a little more, like, put together than Todd is sometimes, but I think, like, the, like, yeah, the, like, eagerness and, like, wants to help everybody and, yeah. like, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Todd. Oh, yeah. So it's hard not to love Todd. Totally, yeah, for sure. Um, why do you like Todd? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, the asexual thing and, like, I feel like I've never, like, related to a character, like, on a, like, in terms of, like, my sexuality before in that way, and, like, so that's, like, that's really exciting, and like I said, like, he's, like, just a very, like, kind person and, like, wants to help everybody and, like, kind of gets himself into, like, weird situations, which I feel like I relate to a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, like he we have similar personalities. So yeah. <laughs> is there anything about him or like the story he's in that you don't like so much? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that I, I like Bojack Horseman as like tackling like mental health issues and like I definitely relate to it a lot. Sometimes it can be hard to watch because of that, but and especially some of the like darker episodes. But no, I mean I like I like the show. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. Yeah, the show's yeah. good. I hit a point where I like couldn't watch it yeah, anymore. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Like sometimes it can be a, a <laughs> lot like it's not like a show that you binge. Yeah, like, I was I know for me I was watching it like with the intent of getting to the part where Todd yeah. says he's ace. Yeah. So I did skip ahead to that part and then watch yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I was like, really? There's a character like this? Uh huh. So I gave it a chance. Yeah. Um, it is good. The opening yeah. sequence is like very nice. Yeah. To listen to. Totally. Something about it. Yeah. Also, my favorite thing is like, watch when I was like watching back after the ace thing and like seeing that development in Todd. And like, my favorite line from the show is like, Todd is like it's like a flashback when he's like with his girlfriend or whatever and he's like this is Todd doing <laughs> sex and I was like that's so me <laughs> yeah for sure so yeah. what does being asexual and aromantic mean for you 
Yeah, um, I guess it just means like having a word that like makes me able to understand myself and ha- like being able to f- have a community and like find other people who can relate to and yeah, it's just like a, a way, I feel like labels help m- me personally a lot and like not just like in terms of sexuality but like in a lot of different things and so having those labels is like and like I like I totally get that some people are like not label people, but like I totally am. So like having those labels is definitely really helpful. Yeah, no, I agree. It's almost did you feel like when you found out there were words for it, everything became a lot easier? Uh yeah, I mean, it was like a long for me it was like a long journey to like actually like accepting those labels for me. Um, but cause I remember like when I first heard the word asexual, I was in like high school and I like found it on like a random like forum online or whatever and I remember being like wow I that's really cool like I wish I was asexual (laughs) (laughs) like that would be so great but like not actually like being ready to be like and I am um and so it took a long time for me to like kind of come back to it and like look into it and be like oh actually this totally makes sense but I think once I was able to like get to that point yeah they were like super helpful yeah so how long of a journey would you say it was it was long because it like it's like started in high school like I said and I just like kind of had that word in the back of my head and like would encounter it every once in a while and be like "Mm," but then like not not ready to like take it on and then when I finally was like I'm asexual then it was like there was there was definitely a lot of like back and forth of like because I was also like I grew up super religious so like there's like a weird dynamic there for sure and so like taking on a label that like is under the LGBT uh umbrella is like (laughs) like scary and so it took me a long time and like I I definitely like I started out and I was like okay like I'm demisexual but I'm still heteroromantic and like I don't have to tell anybody and this is just going to be like a a secret thing that like I know and then after a while I was like I mean I have no reason to think that I'm demisexual because like I've never had these feelings for anybody but I'm still like heteroromantic and then it took me a long time but I was like you I like I also have like never had romantic feelings for people and it, and I like went back and forth on like a romantic label for a really long time and was like I don't know like maybe I'm demi romantic it's just like it's very hard because it's also like you're trying to like prove a negative almost where you're like well how do I know that I'm never gonna feel this or like it's so it's like hard and like attraction is so weird and like sorting out what things are in your head and so it took a long time and so and between like hearing that the word for the first time and like being comfortable and like actually even coming out I would say was like like a 10-year process <laughs> honestly because wow. like it was like high school to, well maybe not 10 years I don't know it was like high school to like senior year of college basically I don't know how much that is like six or seven years it's yeah. a long time <laughs> a very long time yeah. to be struggling <laughs> with something like that totally um I would be I would love to dig into the religious side of things Mm, I would Um, totally love to talk about I have a lot of thoughts (laughs) okay great because I was raised extremely religious in a very like on religious um sect of Christianity Uh so like I was raised non-denominational um so it's not like I was Catholic yeah 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 yeah. um but it was still a very strict household Mm, and mm. you had ideas of what you were supposed to be and like where your role was as a woman yeah and things like that yes so elaborate (laughs) yeah I totally relate to that um yes I grew up Protestant we were not not non-denomination we were uh 
CMA, which is Christian Missionary Alliance. Um, and yeah, I, it's definitely like a weird dynamic because I feel like on one hand, it's almost kind of affirming of like, oh, it's like super easy for me to like buy into this like purity narrative and like, like I have no problem upholding like my Christian chastity and, and like also buying into like kind of the harmful narratives around that of like, yeah, it's like super easy for me to like, like you're telling me that like this is like having sex is bad. Like, yeah, just don't have sex. It's so easy. Like, I don't understand like why people have a problem with this. And so like that was like a lot that I had to unlearn for sure. <laughs> um, but then there's like another side of it of like there's like such a like expectation and like pressure, especially as a woman in Christianity of like you're going to get married when you're young and you're going to have kids. And and like that's something that I see like even in women who aren't queer, aren't asexual and like I think even with something that like my mom has talked about struggling because she got married pretty late and it's like there's just like such a, uh, an expectation to like get married young and also I think that like I was definitely sold the narrative a lot of like you know you're you will like receive your God will give you your partner when you are like mature and like ready for it and you've like shown God that you're you're ready for this and so like being someone who's like I I've, I'm like I can't do this it's like, am I, is this a punishment? Am I like not a good enough Christian to like be bestowed my future partner? And so like, that's, it's just like such a weird and, and it's also just like, I don't, it's like, I don't, I think that like Christianity like doesn't like know where to place me as an asexual person too. Like I once had a pastor tell me that like I was like specially chosen by God to like have an have an ultimate relationship with him because I wasn't tempted by like sexual so like it's just weird so it's like am I like a blessed person or am like am I a horrible like sinner because I've like got this identity right listeners (laughs) couldn't see me but I was rolling my eyes (laughs) very heavily So yeah, it's just like a weird. This is like so. I've I could talk about this for a long time because I feel like it's just like so many weird dynamics and like just like not knowing where to place me within like the the narrative of religion. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And the whole like you see God in your partner and yeah. like the whole like act of sex in yeah. Christianity is what is it like? It's like holy. It's like yeah. um, but what well, at least between a man and. His wife. Yes. Um, yeah. Sex is seen as there's like a term for it. I know what you're talking but about, but I can't. <sighs> yeah. Think of what it is. So it's kind of just like an acting god, and it's like. Yeah. Uh, they phrase it in a way that kind of translates into like when you orgasm, it's like you are connected to yeah, God yeah, the most. You're like inviting God, and you're yeah, like, that's like bringing God into your yeah, relationship it's, or whatever. It's very strange. It's weird. Um, <laughs> it's very weird, and I think a lot of those narratives just like kind of got me down and it kind yeah. of made me it's hard to because there's the whole misunderstanding asexuality for like celibacy yeah and celibacy is like valued mm-hmm. in christianity but you but you don't want to be valued for yeah it because you're not celibate yeah exactly like, yeah you're not practicing not having sex like you just have no desire to yeah exactly so that part's that part has always felt very very icky to me it's like weird, the yeah. whole like you could be a nun <laughs> yeah right? like, great but I, I I don't want yeah. to be a nun yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah 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 and like yeah and it was like I and definitely like as I've like transitioned out of like being a very religious person and like that kind of belief system like I definitely had that moment where I was like 
I could have sex now. And then I was like, but I, I still don't want to. And like, I was kind of like, I kind of had asexuality by that point, like in my, so I was like, okay, but it's fine. Cause like, now I can just like lean into this ace thing and be like, now I actually, like, this is actually representative of my experience rather than being like, I am a celibate Christian. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that a hundred percent. Um, man, Christianity. Just, <laughs> it's a time. It's a time. It's a time, for sure. Um, so when you said you figured it out in high school but didn't really Not embrace really. it until yeah. college. So how did you feel before you figured it out? Like, Yeah, I mean, I think, like, a lot of that, those Christian feelings we just felt were, like, in there. And it's, yeah, it's, like, a weird, it's a weird place to be because you're, everybody else is, like, talking about this thing and experiencing this thing and it's, like, what (laughs) and and like you know you're you're like is there something wrong with me am I like undesirable am I is there am I broken and then there's also like this like grasping at like anything that like might be attraction like I definitely like any like guy who like I vaguely liked was like am I attracted to them I, I have a crush on this person now because I vaguely like them or like any kind of like this person is like uh, like I, I like the way this person looks. I must be attracted to them, and so it's it's weird and like trying to create like force that narrative in your head and like j- just trying to like feel normal or like go on dates and be and like why why isn't this working? Why does this feel so wrong? I have to like I have to make this work and yeah. So there's it's just it's again weird and like trying and it everything's makes so much more sense once you're like oh there's a this is a thing um yeah so did you ever actually have a crush uh no it's like it's a I definitely like get like friend crushes on people and like that is definitely something that like I've confused <laughs> for for attraction so like that was definitely a thing that like was confusing and like trying to figure out my romantic orientation for sure is like do I like actually have crushes on people or do I just like really like this person and really want to be friends with them? Cause it, it can, there could be similar feelings of like, like getting nervous around them and butterflies and stuff. But it's like in the end, like, do I want to like date or like kiss or like be intimate in any way with this person other than like in a platonic way. And it's like, I think I've like landed on the, the space of like, no, I, I don't. Um, but yeah, so it's confusing, but I don't, I, I don't think I've ever had a crush on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I went through some similar things where you kind of trick yourself into thinking you have one. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're like, oh, I do like this person, even though you definitely don't. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's 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 it gets real confusing in there. (laughs) Yeah. Just hang on. Yeah. (laughs) Um, How many people in your life know that you're asexual or aromantic? Do you Um, tell? Do you usually do both at the same time when um, you come out or? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mo I'm pretty out. Like I'm pretty open, especially like with my friends. It's not something that I hide. Um, I don't know that I've I coming out as aromantic is like I I haven't as much come out as aromantic as just kind of like like coming out as asexual was the big thing, and then just kind of like added that onto my identity later. So like. I don't think there's been as much like of a coming out process with that because I, I feel like once I was out, it was kind of like more whatever. But like so most of like my my friends and my social group or whatever know I'm not really out to my family because I 
like don't even know how to approach that subject especially like growing up religious it's like I have no idea how my parents would react to that information and it's like I sometimes I think that they like maybe have an inkling that there's like something going on and like I'd like to talk about it with them but it's also like I just I like I don't know how to have that conversation and like I I have no idea what to expect so it's like a really scary thing to broach where it's like almost I almost wish like I would I could just be like I'm gay or whatever so that I would like at least like know have an idea of like how they would react or like know that I was saying something that they like understand at some like on some level yes (laughs) I definitely resonate with that um are you ever scared that if you did come out to them that their reaction would be like great or like or like well at least you're not yeah blank and like yeah I I, yeah it's like it's like I have I have no idea I kind of feel like it wouldn't be like they would like kick me out and disown me like I feel like that's not a risk but short of that it's like hard to tell where yeah they might be like great like yeah at least you're not gay or like be excited about like the yeah the like purity part I don't know I don't know it's just like something gross that comes to my mind sometimes and like I don't know if it comes to your mind of just just them like the whole like oh at least you're not gay thing feels so wrong oh yeah and like there's like obviously you know besides the obvious things that are wrong with it um there's something about it that like almost personally hurts yeah I get that it's that's like it's like hard to put but it's like because it's like you don't understand that, like, I'm still, like, part of that community, and I'm yeah. still queer, or at least for I me, think... like, that's a huge part of my identity, and, like, you saying, like, oh, at least you're not gay, or, or, like, oh, that's great, feels like you're, like, kind of rejecting, or, like, not understanding that part of me, maybe. Yeah, I think it's it's because you're still seen as straight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that totally makes sense, yeah, mm-hmm. where they're, like, oh, yeah, and then, like probably underneath that is like yeah she'll she'll like come out yes. of that eventually mm-hmm. yeah oh I hate it <laughs> yeah um I hope we articulated that well but <laughs> me too yeah. yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure um do you find it difficult to tell people like obviously besides your family who you haven't told um is it harder for like you with certain people or like yeah. sometimes you know when I was first coming out I had a really hard time especially um when I got to a point where, like, I was ready to come out, it was also a point where I was, like, I had got, like, most of my friends were queer, and, which is great, but also, like, I think I had a fear at that point of, like, be, being told, like, that I would, because, like, coming out is such, like, a queer experience, and being told, like, I'm not queer enough to, like, to, like, come even come out, or, like, being told, like, well, we don't care, like, that doesn't matter, or, like, that kind of thing, like, I think that was an internalized fear, and it's, like, Again, that's, like, an internalized thing. And and my friends are great, and, like, they would never say anything like that to me. And, like, I do think that, like, ace people have, like, a definite place in the queer community. But I think that was, like, a big fear for me of, like, that kind of rejection. Um, And it did – it took me a long time to come out, and I – was kind of drunk the first two times that I did it because I was like <laughs> it helps yeah it does help and I was like the first time I was like I was like kind of like sneak it into like performances that I was doing like I did this like week-long workshop with Tim Miller who's like a, a gay performance artist who like came to the U while I was here and he we did this like workshop and I like like 
I we all had these performances like snuck in a line about like not being straight and then like my friend it was like we were at a party later and my friend was like so like what was that about and I was like I'm ace but I was like I was like kind of (laughs) drunk I was like but that's like what I needed to like be able to finally say and of course she was like super supportive and like that was helpful and I've like used theater a lot as like a way to come out and like the second time I came out, I was like in a show about like being super vulnerable and we all got drunk at a rehearsal so we could be like, and I was like, I'm ace, <laughs> like in the middle of that. So I've like alcohol and theater <laughs> were like a helpful. And then I got to a point where I was just like, I'm out. I'm not going to like make a thing about it. I'm just going to assume everyone knows. And like, if they don't, they can catch up. And like, so I eventually got to that point and like, it's gotten a lot easier over time. But like, especially at the beginning, there was a lot of, I was like, it was you know, scary, as any coming out probably is. Yeah, I would say um, the whole coming out to your queer friends was so nerve-wracking. I definitely had that experience. Like, I found it somehow easier coming out to my straight friends Mm -hmm. um, because I was just so afraid of rejection, like you said, or I'm not queer enough, or, like, it's not a big deal because you're just ace like Mm -hmm. something about that was a huge fear yeah yeah and I still like in queer spaces sometimes have a hard time like uh, expressing like my specific sexuality and just like hiding under like a a, like I'm a like generally queer and like not specifying just like out of a fear of like somebody telling me that I don't belong there or you know that kind of thing and I've you know I don't think in person like I've ever had that but there's still like that underlying thing of like I don't want to be kicked out or I don't want to be told that I don't belong here because like I I need that community in a lot of ways and it's like you know you don't and that's like that's the only place I've ever found other ace people too is like within the queer community so yeah if if we don't belong there like where do we belong exactly yeah like we're not straight yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah very hard yeah absolutely um do you ever try romantic or sexual relationships um I have I've tried dating in the past I've never really gotten past a first date because like every time afterwards I've been like this is wrong <laughs> and like um and I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm like this is just not something that I like need this is not something that I I, I need in my life and I I, I remember like I, the I went on like a date with somebody and and it was like fine and afterwards she like texted me and was like yeah like you were I, like you were really nice but like there was just no spark and I was like duh like there's not gonna be a spark that's not like a thing that happens to me and then I was like why am I doing this then and I was like that was like a point where I was like yeah like the only reason that I'm going on these dates is because I'm like trying to prove something to myself or like trying to like prove that I can be you know quote unquote normal or whatever and I was like I don't I don't need to do that and I'm like happy and you know, if I'm, like, open, if, like, if that was something that, like, eventually it was, like, this is something that I want, or, like, there was a person I wanted to be with, or, like, I'd be open to, like, a, maybe a queer platonic thing of, like, if that, but, like, I've, I've kind of come to a point where I was, like, I'm, like, perfectly content not doing it, and it causes me, like, a lot of anxiety and stress to pursue it, and, like, why am I doing this to myself? So, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Are you still okay with these questions? Yeah. Feeling okay? I'm feeling good. Okay, good. Cool. Um, how important are friendships or platonic relationships to you? Uh, very important. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think there's like totally a, a societal idea that like friend, like romantic relationships are the most important thing and friendships are not. But like as somebody who's not having romantic relationships or like is not interested in that, like 
my friendships are like the most important relationships. And as somebody who like can't entirely be open with their family, like those are that's like my chosen family, which I think is like a universal queer thing. But like also as an ace person, not having the or an ace and arrow person, not having the like partner aspect. Like yeah, those are the like primary relationships in my life, and I'm then I'm great with that. Like uh, they're very important to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so nice. <laughs> friendships definitely for me are so important yeah, and absolutely. what you touched on with how society yeah. puts the romance above it mm-hmm. what kind of things would you like to start seeing become more normal like in media or just like everyday interactions between like groups of people like what kind of things would make that feel less of a thing if that makes sense um yeah I mean I think just like that expectation of like you are eventually going to have a partner or like if you the idea I think the idea that you're either in a relationship or you want to be in a relationship those are the two states you can be in that expectation of like going away and like having more characters who like even if they're not ace having more characters who are just like happy not being in a relationship I think that would be like really important representation and also like showing more friendships that are you know that are like the like this is the most important relationship in my life and that's great and doesn't I don't need anything else yeah I don't know yeah no those are very good ideas (laughs) just yeah because when especially with the representation Mm -hmm. in entertainment you're always waiting for the that person who seems okay by themselves to end up with somebody and ruin it yeah or yeah this makes me think of like the like the Sherlock thing where like yes uh, like the the show writers of that show were like, well, he's not ace because that's boring. And it's like, you can be have a really exciting, cool life and like not have romance be a part of it. And if that's the only thing that makes your like story compelling, like you're not a very good writer. I would argue that Sherlock Holmes was fine. Yeah, he exactly. was not boring. Like, not at all. He's probably the least boring person. Exactly. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand writer rooms. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who's who's in there making yeah. decisions, but. Yeah, man. Um, what's something you wish that more people knew about asexuality and aromance? Um, I wish that they, I think this is kind of going off the last thing, but like, I wish that they knew that like, I'm not sad <laughs> that I'm ace, that I actually am like perfectly happy being ace. Cause I think, again, there's that thing of like, oh, you're not going to be in a relationship. That's so sad. Or like, oh, you'll find something like trying to cheer you up. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm happy. This is how I'm happy. And it's fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. Um, is there anything you wish you that more people knew who were on the A spectrum or something you wish you could tell them? Yeah. Um, I think that, like, a lot of what I see in, like, people who are trying to, like, figure out their asexuality is, like, and, and I experience this, too, of, like, a fear of, like, taking on the label or, like, because it's, like, it's so hard to, like, delineate, like, attraction and, like, like I said, proving a negative um, that I, th- I wish that, like, I think, I, I think labels are super helpful, but I also, like, want, I'm trying to, like, put this into a coherent sentence, um, but I, I wish people could just, like, put on the label, and, like, if it's not a perfect fit, or if it's, like, well, I'm, I, I feel attraction sometimes, but, like, I feel like this word resonates with me, just be like I think that like the ace community as I know it like is super happy to take you even if they're like even if you're not a hundred percent sure or even if there is 
some attraction there, but it's rare or it's weird or it's only under certain circumstances. Like, you can have that label. And, like, there's lots of, like, microwave labels within asexuality that I think comes out of that, like, kind of fear. And that's and those are awesome and, like, super helpful for people. But, like, regardless, I think, like, what would really help help helped me and, like, I want to, like, tell other people is, like, put on the label. And if you decide later you don't want it, that's fine. And if you don't think it fits perfectly but, like, you like saying it, that's fine. Like, whatever you need. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Labels are labels, whether yeah. you want to use them or not. They're yeah. super helpful. You don't have to use them, and you yeah. can change them. Yeah, absolutely. They're for you. They're not for other people. Right. And, like, they can help you explain yourself to other people. But, like, your label is is for you, and, like, use it how you need it. And, like, the ACE community is here, and it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. Yes. Who would you say is someone really important in your life? Um, I, I like feel bad like singling out like a single person. It doesn't have to be the most important person. Uh-huh. Just someone who comes to mind. They can be fictional. They can be fictional. It could be an okay. animal. Okay. Um, I I did when I read this question think of one character that I think of is um from the play Much Ado About Nothing, Beatrice, who <gasps> I totally had as asexual. Yeah, sorry, I hit my microphone because I was again, so or? excited. No, <laughs> no that's <you're> fine. <laughs> Yeah, um, I totally had canon her asexual, as asexual. And I think what we were talking about before about having characters who, like, just don't want to be in a relationship, like, she does end up getting married later and, like, falling in love. But she, at the beginning of the play, like, she has that whole monologue where she's like, I don't want to be in a romantic relationship, and I'm cool with it, and she's a badass. And I, and I like, do that monologue sometimes for auditions because I love it so much. And it's like, I feel like that was the first character who I ever experienced who was, like, I'm not in a relationship and I don't want to be and that's and deal with it you know and so I like she's like really important to me like that's the one dream role I have because like yeah I just relate to that so much yeah, yeah. I have rewatched the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. over and over yeah. with um Denzel Washington mm-hmm. in it oh that movie I have just watched her scenes over yeah. and over and just don't play the end of it uh-huh because it's it is so – it does resonate yeah. so much. Yeah. And I'm glad I'm not the only person yeah. who, like, feels that way. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. even realize that's why. Yeah. But I do now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So totally, totally, like, if anyone ever does, like, a queer version of, of Much Ado About Nothing, Beatrice Ace, I'm 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 calling it. <laughs> oh, yes. That would be so good. Yes. Um, well, you know who could do a queer – um, musical about <laughs> much to do about yeah. nothing. You have your own production company called Slap Happy. I do. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, it's me and my three friends. Now it started out as th- there were only three of us. Now there's four. We all went to school together, and we just started kind of making stuff while we were in school, and then kept doing it. We we've been around since like 2015, so we're going on like four years now, which is exciting. And we do all kinds of stuff. We've done, like, sketch comedy in the past. We have, like, a drunk Shakespeare show that we're trying to, like, make a regular thing, which is super fun. And, yeah. That's so cool. Um, And also, you wrote a play about asexuality, right? (laughs) Um, What was it called? It was called Ace, (laughs) which is funny. I, like, didn't intend for that to be the title, but I... I was it was for this like uh, women trans femme comedy festival, 
And it was, like, the idea was to, like, workshop a play from beginning to end. So there was, like, a couple, like, there was, like, a workshop period in the beginning. And I just, like, I had to turn in a, uh, I hit the microphone, too. I had to uh, turn in, like, a draft of the of the script. And I just, like, titled the top ace because I was, like, I don't know what to call this. And then suddenly, like, they put ace on, like, on, like, all of the stuff. And I was, like, I guess it's the title now. But it's, like, not a, t- I, like, a little bit, I'm, like, ugh, it's, like, so basic. It's, like, calling a play, like, if you wrote about a play about being gay and you just called it gay. But also, I'd see that show. People so would see fine. that. <laughs> yeah. So, it's fine. And, like, ace is a cool word, regard- like, outside of, it's, like, a word outside of just being a sexuality. So, like, it, it works. <laughs> if you could have renamed it, would you have? Maybe. I don't know. I, I, like, had a couple titles, and I don't even remember what they were in my head. Okay. And, like, now it's just ace. Maybe, like, Ace the Musical, since it's a musical, but which like some people called it, even though that wasn't like technically the title. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I would rename it now. That's kind of like become the title at this point. But yeah. So was writing a play about asexuality hard? Like, were you scared about making a play so personal? Yeah. Also, the play is very personal because I named the two main or the well, yeah, the two main characters Beth Ann. Oh. <laughs> like it was just it's literally just my story on stage, and the the like the one the the main Beth Ann's clones herself by accident. So there's two Beth Ann's. Um, but yeah, so it's like literally my name. Like there's no hiding, which I I wanted to do. Like I feel like it's important to like have like a real like a real story. So I I don't know. Like I wanted to do that, but it was also like it was very scary. And yeah, it was it was totally it was like an extremely vulnerable place to be in. Um, but it was also re- I think that's why it worked. Like I think like being like I'm gonna put like this true story about me, and it was also like a comedy, and which I really wanted because I wanted it to be like I feel like with queer stories a lot of times it's like always like a downer, <laughs> and so I wanted to be like yeah I can be I'm ace. And, like, I've, you know, struggled with that. And, like, there's been, like, not so great times. But, like, I'm happy. And it's, and, like, giving it that that comedy and that fun. And so it was really scary. Um, also, I th- there was a scary thing of, like, after when it was, like, going up and, like, having to tell people that I was doing a show. And they're being, like, what's it about? And I'm, like, do I come out to this, like, random stranger on the street? <laughs> and so sometimes it was depend on who it was. Sometimes I would just, like, avoid the question and be, like, well, it's part of this festival. I'll just talk about the festival. Um, cause it, so that was like a, I was like unintended, like hard position that I put myself in. Um, so yeah, there was like a, a ton of vulnerability in the process, but worth it, I think. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Yeah, absolutely. I've had so much fun. I could talk about this forever. So yeah, thank, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for everyone who's listening. Whether you were looking for more information about the asexual and aromantic spectrums, or maybe you just wanted to spend time with people who are like you, it's great having you here with us. If you enjoy the show, be sure to click subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your support will really help this podcast grow. And lastly, thanks to Uberkick for the use of their song A-OK, to Tanner Grayler as Rats and Children for creating our beautiful cover art, and to Sophie Lalonde for editing and producing this episode. I'll be back next week with another guest, but until then, I'm Courtney Lang. And I'm Beth Ann Powers. And this has been A-OK. A-OK.